Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. taking this process seriously and diligently, uh, looking at the proposals coming forward, uh, making uh, a case for the proposals we make, and we will uh, continue to engage in a thoughtful, responsible way. So I have a choice. So what do I want to listen to? John Fogarty or Justin Trudeau? Hello, everybody. Another weekend of uh, the Roy Green Show. Day two of our weekend, Sunday edition on this 15th of October. My God, time goes quickly. Stephen Harper warned just a couple of days ago, not to be surprised, if Donald Trump were to end NAFTA. Mr. Trump is laying more hurdles in front of negotiators. By the way, next half hour, we're going to be talking about Donald Trump's week and what's going on in the White House and in the leadership of the GOP when uh, Fran Coombs joins us, the managing editor of Rasmussen. Fran spent a lot of time with us during the election campaign. It's gotten very strange at the White House this last few days. But uh, back to NAFTA, Catherine Swift, economist, working Canadians.ca, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and of course, a contributing member of our Beauties and the Beast on Saturdays here on the Roy Green Show. And Catherine, uh, very much involved in, was it 1987 and 88, right? Yeah, the, it was, yeah, it's kind of funny thinking back. It was a long time ago, needless to say. But um, the 1988 federal election, as you may recall, was fought on, this was the key issue, free trade. Now, then it was the FTA, the Free Trade Agreement, U.S. and Canada. It morphed into NAFTA in 1994, a few years later. But it was funny, I had just joined CFIB as the chief economist, and I was suddenly immersed right up to my neck in this hot, hot debate about, you know, should we or shouldn't we go with a free trade agreement? And it was really, uh, it was very lively, as I'm sure you recall, Roy. Um, and, and the funny thing was that the left, who hates anything that smacks even remotely of freedom, was fighting it like mad. All the unions were fighting it. I remember the Council of Canadians. I remember debating all these people in the media ad nauseum. And, and the, of course, what their line was, was this is just a big corporate thing. It's, you know, it's all about big corporate. And yet, CFIB, a small business organization, we, we polled our members endlessly and found like 90-odd percent of them were supportive of free trade. So we threw a voice into the mix then that was kind of a novel one because we said, no, no, this is by no means just a corporate thing. It's a small business thing, too. And, and that, you know, that had a real interesting role in the debate. Catherine, if you uh, look at the track record of NAFTA, would you say that this country's economy 
the, uh, the the lifestyle, quality of life, the economic factors for Canadians as, as you know individually and as families, has NAFTA improved things for Canada, or would it have made very little difference? Had it not become a fact of life? Uh, unquestionably improved. There have been quite a lot of good studies done over the years that have uh, t- attempted to quantify it, and it's, it's not an easy thing to quantify, but there, there's no question it has improved uh, our economy, um, our, our access to products and whatnot. And one of the key things for Canada, because we have an economy that's got a lot of similarities with the U.S., the Mexican thing, you know, Mexico was really the odd person out in the sense that their economy is so very different from that of the U.S. and Canada. But but in in Canada, um, uh, you know the the the, the benefits uh, were certainly quite significant. And when you look at trade around the world, when you look at trade deals, it's interesting that it's often the smaller countries in the in the mix, which of course we were one of them, that benefit more than the larger countries. And one of the things for Canada, because we were already quite integrated with the U.S. market, one of the really important things, and it is on the table in this NAFTA, is the whole dispute settlement mechanism. We didn't have rules before. It's not perfect. Nothing's ever perfect. But it helped Canada a lot in a lot of our high-profile disputes that we had with the U.S. And, of course, Trump has, you know, has focused on it as something that they might want to do away with going forward, and that would be a huge loss to Canada. Prime Minister Stephen Harper, the former Prime Minister, said, don't be surprised if Donald Trump pulls the United States out of NAFTA, thereby effectively killing NAFTA. I'm surprised the former Prime Minister said that at this particular juncture, but uh, would you be surprised if Donald Trump were to say, no, I don't think so, we're done? Well, Donald Trump's an unpredictable cat, as we all know, and I don't know that anything would really surprise me terribly because he, he tends to change his tune on issues 180 degrees from one day to the next sometimes. And, of, of course, the thing I've always laughed about with Trump is people think he's a conservative. No, no, no. Protectionism is a left-wing thing, and he's come across as a big protectionist when it comes to trade issues anyway. So he's certainly not a, a, a conservative in any true sense of that word. I, I kind of was surprised that Stephen Harper... Um, made that comment, though. I mean, I gather he was at some, he was on a panel at some conference or something, so, you know, he wasn't just sort of flapping off at the mouth. But I, I thought, because it, it is kind of a, ten, you know, it's a, it's a tenuous time right now for the negotiations, and so I was kind of surprised he would wade in. But I guess, again, if he was part of a panel and it was on this topic, he, you know, he, he had to participate. So last evening I took a look at some of the quotes from Donald Trump since the uh, renegotiation about NAFTA started taking place and some of the people who were speaking on his behalf and trying to put them together in some sort of logical order, and I couldn't do it. But what I, what I came up with was just the sense that perhaps here's, again, Donald Trump's version of the art of the deal, and he's going to try to make the deal that he can then sell to his base in the United States, and if he can't do it, then he'll just dissolve NAFTA and turn to his base and say, I tried, it didn't work, this is ultimately going to be better for us now because the jobs are going to come home and they won't be going to Canada and they won't be going to Mexico. That's how he'll, that's how he'll position it. I don't think there's any question about that, Roy. But the thing is, he'll be wrong because the NAFTA, the FTA first and then NAFTA have benefited the U.S. very much as well. And the funny thing is, Canada and Mexico aren't the enemy of the U.S. with respect to, if you look at trade balances and stuff, yes, Mexico does have lower labor costs and so on and so forth, but they also have a lesser skilled workforce. There's other mitigating factors in there too. The, the real, the real 
problem is China in this world of trade right now. And it isn't just because China has lower labor costs and so on. It's because China is a, is a communist, government-run economy, which will pump tons of money into making their products cheaper uh, on the world market and, and therefore doesn't operate in a true, you know, a true prop, proper competitive market. So, I mean, U.S. will be a loser, no question. And industries like the auto industry, I can't get over the, the, the union, the auto union, who is saying it's no big deal. I, I was looking in, the, uh, you know, looking in the news, no big deal if NAFTA goes down. Are they out of their minds? Our, our auto sector is so integrated with both the U.S. and Mexico that it will be unscrambling the omelet if, if we have to suddenly de, you know, untangle ourselves from all of this. So I, I, personally, I think it would be very bad for all three countries if NAFTA went down. But again, I don't think we can predict Trump. And you're right. The, the whole art of the deal is brinkmanship, yep. brinksmanship yep. right from the get-go. Yep. Yep. So nothing can be ruled out. And he has a formula. Oh, oh, no, he does. He has a pattern. First of all, he comes out with some outrageous statements, so everybody freaks out. <laughs> and, of course, what he's trying to do is knock everybody off their, you know, off balance so that he can get an advantage. So how does trade, then, between Canada and the United States proceed if NAFTA disappears? Oh, boy. Well, it would take years and years, like I say, to untangle. It's not just the auto industry. I mentioned that because that's a you know, high-profile right. one. But uh, everybody, small firms, large firms... Uh, are so integrated with the U.S. economy. So many Canadian businesses have branches of one kind in the U.S., and, of course, vice versa. Um, it will be very long and very painful. And, uh, again, I would think any leader of the three countries would be foolish. I mean, sure, maybe some updating needs to be done. Again, from Canada's standpoint, that dispute, that dispute resolution me- mechanism is hugely, hugely important uh, and should be retained as much as possible. Uh, but I, I just, I, I would just hope that cooler heads will prevail after all the, you know, headline grabbing quotes get out of the way, and everyone will realize it's in their best interests to stay a unified, you know, a unified block. Because again, there's trade agreements happening all over the world here, and if we break up NAFTA, we're going to be weaker in dealing with all of those other trade, you know, trading nations. Yeah, you and I both know, though, no matter who says what about NAFTA, no matter whether all the negotiators for all three countries say to the President of the United States, ultimately this is the, in the best interest of all three countries, and look, we've been able to fine-tune it and create a reality that's going to benefit everybody, it is still going to be up to Trump yeah. to make the final decision, and I really think it's going to be on a whim. Well, I really think it's going to be on a plus he's been on he's been saying since day one when he started electioneering NAFTA's bad NAFTA's bad NAFTA's bad NAFTA's bad yep. now he has to find a reason to say NAFTA's not so bad yeah or, or find some wins that it was something he can view as wins to sell to his base, like you say, yeah, yeah. that then he can say, well, no, we're keeping it, but we really fixed it up, so it's, it's you know, working better for us. And who, which politician wouldn't do that? Well, no, no, <laughs> well, right. it's, hardly, it's hardly a surprising stance. Yeah. But he, he, is, he is playing with fire here, though. Like, this isn't just a trivial thing for any of the three economies. But ultimately, you're right, Roy, I was, I was back and forth with Twitter uh, with somebody yesterday who was saying, oh, you can't in the U- Mexico, she just tell the U.S. to stuff it. And I said, you know, that, that's a nice thought, but the U.S. is the big dog here, and the big dog doesn't, 
doesn't have to make the concessions. <laughs> you know what you do? You go out the, uh, on the trees and on the posts around the play, uh, you know, the dog playground, <laughs> yes, and you, you check the highest wet point. And wet you point. mark your territory, baby. Right? <laughs> the highest wet point tells you who the lead dog is. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Catherine. We'll come back and we'll talk some more okay. about this NAFTA renegotiation. And uh, I just I hung up on Catherine. That, no, I pressed the hold button. I love this phone system. I just love it. We'll come back. We'll call Catherine back. We'll get her back on the show, and we'll continue to talk about... She's still there? Computers disagreeing with the phone. <laughs> we'll come back after this. Passionate, patriotic, a little bit pugilistic, and always professional. Hear what Roy Green has to say on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show at the Roy Green Show. Follow me there, and emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. I tweeted earlier today. Just asked a question essentially: Are you a little more relaxed? Are you a little more calm about Energy East? It's been over a week now since the pipeline was canceled, and since we heard those words of encouragement for Canada from the fat guy in Montreal, Danny Kadare. And uh, so I, I just wondered whether you're a little more at ease, more relaxed, or whether you still have that intention to at least talk about the country maybe having served its purpose. That's what I heard a lot from Alberta and a little less from Saskatchewan. Heard from British Columbia and I also heard it, interesting, from Ontario. So next hour, we're going to bring this issue up again and I'm going to be speaking with international pollster John Zogby. The Zogby organization just polled Americans on the percentage of Americans who believe that their federal government is doing the right thing or is the best representative for the people of the United States. You'll perhaps not be surprised at what the answer to that question was. And John Zogby asks whether the Catalonia situation is really sort of the precursor of what's going to happen in the world in the, uh, well, in the immediate future. And that could lead up to the breakup of Spain. So we're going to talk about uh, the future of this country and uh, particularly how Western Canadians, although we won't exclude anybody, feel about the continuation of Canada as a country, given what's been happening, and, and, the, and, and the, the, the just ignorant, gleefully ignorant chatter that's come out of Montreal and out of Quebec City. I'll tell you just, I'm going to tell you what I was thinking the, uh, last night. I was, I was thinking that maybe Canada would have been better off if a few more people had voted yes in 1995. That's my visceral reaction. Catherine Swift, uh, WorkingCanadians.ca, former CEO and president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. We're talking about NAFTA and the future of NAFTA and the future of our economy without NAFTA and where we'd be dealing and how we'd be dealing, who we'd be trading with. Because there's still CETA and there's still the TPP, right? I want you to have a listen to, to Justin Trudeau. And, and generally, Catherine, you know, I'm not no big fan of Trudeau's. I think that's I am uh, eminently clear. But uh, his, his crew isn't doing that badly in, in negotiating with the Americans, are they? 
I guess time will tell. Uh, so far, um, you know, he, he is certainly hanging in and being supportive of NAFTA, which is, you know, a good, obviously, a sensible stance to take. Um, he is not um, he's, he's not irritating Trump from everything I can see. You know, he seems to be playing along with Trump. And let's face it, as you said earlier, right, tr- Trump is the big de- <laughs> deciding force in this whole That's in right. this whole thing. Anyway, he's so, the big dog so, in the park. So far, yeah, the big dog. So so far, so far, so good. But again, we've yet to see. Okay. You know, we, we know that there's trouble in paradise right now, though. We do know that there's. A lot of you know we haven't reached agreement on an awful lot of things. So the right. big the big uh, parts are yet to come. So there, folks, is a diplomatic answer to my question. <laughs> here's a little. Here's about ten seconds of what Mr. Trudeau said the other day. We are very aware uh, that there are other potential paths out there, and we will address them when we uh, as they arise, uh, with uh, the knowledge that they are certainly out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's really definitive, eh? <laughs> Mind you, you know, again, I don't, I'm not a fan of Trudeau's either. I don't like what they're doing to spend our money or our country into the ground or whatever. But, you know, he has no choice but to say stuff like that, in my view. You know? The baffle yeah. gab. Yeah. Uh, you didn't catch what I caught. So that's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to play it again. So what happens then to TPP and CETA? Do we then have, is TPP going to turn out to be without the United States? Is it going to be turned out to be something really, truly viable? And uh, without the UK in Europe, is CETA still a good deal for us? Totally. CETA is a very good deal for Canada in many, many ways. Um, it's, it, the U.S. is always the big influence on Canada, we, it, by geography, by integration with our economy. But right. CETA is a, you know, Europe is a huge, huge market as well. So um, it, I, I, I'm a free trader. Uh, you know, like I said, I look at the evidence from the economic standpoint. It is in favor of free trade. So uh, these other agreements are, are, are all good for Canada, but the big one is NAFTA, and it's going to be that way forever. And Catherine, really, you know, they can stop NAFTA, but they can't stop free trade at this point. No. Oh, no, 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 no. And, and also, you know, the, the thing of the, the protectionist stuff that makes me crazy, and the unions spout it, and Trump is spouting it, is that the consumers, we're all consumers, and there's no question certain groups are hurt by more open trading arrangements. There's no doubt about that. Not, nothing's ever going to be universally positive anyway. Like, you know, let's be realistic here. But consumers get so much more access to better goods and services, cheaper goods and services, and so on, when you have an internationally competitive okay. market. And, you know, for Trump to say, oh, we're just going to close the borders, which he hasn't exactly said, but something along those lines, is just basically saying to American consumers, by the way, we're going to crank up your costs by a, you know, by a very significant factor, your cost of living. And, and that's just foolishness. All right, so what I would do is I would send Catherine Swift to negotiate personally one-on-one with Donald Trump. I, I know we'd be I know we'd be just fine. Just fine. I'd have to take my baseball bat, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you next Saturday, Catherine. Thanks Let's for the time to today. Roy. Okay. Bye-bye. Catherine Swift, workingcanadians.ca. When we come back, it'll be Fran Coombs, the managing editor of Rasmussen Reports. And we'll ask Fran about what Americans are saying about the performance of their president and what's been going on in the White House this past week with an IQ challenge to where the Secretary of State from the President. What the hell is that about?